Are you ready to elevate today? Oh my gosh, this human, she is electrifying in all of the best ways. And the very first time we were ever in the same room, I sensed that energetic alignment and we're talking about it. We're talking about it in a way that might make you as a woman a little uncomfortable, but that's not our intent. Our intent is actually to invite you in, invite you into the comfortability of being home with yourself. Today's conversation with Carrie Ford will literally magnify you. It'll bring you to a new level as a woman. If you're a man and you're listening, like that's cool too, because you're going to empower the women around you by knowing and intuitively allowing yourself to lean in, listen, and serve humanity in a way that only we can do when we understand what alignment truly does and the freedom that's unlocked on the other side of ourself, our head, our culture, our um, political unrest, uh, like so many things. We get into so much into this conversation and she does it in a way that just, oh my goodness, it brings me peace, but it also brings me momentum. And so I hope you enjoy today's conversation, whether you are taking a bubble bath or you're going on a long run, you're going to be ignited by the one and only Carrie Ford. Let's elevate. Oh, and be sure to tag us because she's one of those people that you want to be connected to her social. One, because it's going to uplift you on the regular, but also it's going to connect us a little bit deeper. So the Fit and Faith community can be hand in hand and she can recognize everyone who listened to this show. And so please subscribe, review, like, follow her, do all the things, right? I feel like I'm on ring the bell. You're on YouTube. Do that too. If you want, I'm over there as well. But for now, right now, stay present with Carrie Ford. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Yes, I'm so excited about this conversation. We are here with the most lovely Carrie Ford. If you guys have not seen us in pictures or videos or any of that together, you need to take a selfie right now with us because we love you and we want to elevate you uh, to a place of just empowerment as a woman. And that's exactly how Carrie makes you feel when you meet her. And I know today's conversation is going to lead you into that same space. Carrie, thanks for being here. Mm, Thank you, Tamara. I love you so much. It's fun friendship that we've cultivated. And I know it's one of those things that I wish that we got to spend more time together. So when I saw you on my calendar today, I was like, ah, oh, I just get to like show up in and all of me, which is something we're supposed to do all the time. But you're one of those people that I've been seen by since the first time we connected. And I feel like I've been able to see as well. Yeah. And, and as you were saying, 
Um, you know, the baseline of our friendship felt very fast and easy. There was just so many, there were so many parallels and there was so much resonance yeah. in our connection, you know, first with God and faith. And, and then of course, with like our mission and our purpose, which is basically all the same thing as we know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. And I think that's what a lot of people forget though, is they, they see people and they see them in this element of, oh, we do a lot of the same things. And therefore there's that sense of competition and what you do on a consistent basis and how you show up in the world is to help women specifically feel empowered instead in energetically align versus feeling like they have to step on anyone to be something or to feel inferior to somebody else who's superior to them. Talk me through like why that kind of niche of helping people, women specifically stand in that authority. Well, I remember what it was like to feel powerless and like I didn't have a choice on the direction of my life. I woke up in a story that didn't feel like mine, even though I had played a part in creating it. The problem was that I created it based on external rules and check boxes and timelines that weren't based really on anything that was in alignment. I didn't even know what that was to me and my soul. It was just, this is what everyone does. I guess this is what I'm supposed to do and what's, you know, what should happen at this point in my life only to not recognize myself in that story. And, um, and then also feel completely, um, overwhelmed. Like I was drowning in this lostness. So I remember how that struggle felt. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, like you were saying, it wasn't really even a, a, a one minute, one trigger. Aha. It was kind of like a one thing after another, which led you down this path where you're standing there and you're like, wait, how did I get there? And then recognizing the piece that we actually put our own two feet, one in front of another in order to get there, which puts that, that sense of recognition and like handholding in the sense of I'm also responsible. And I think that part feels really hard because society teaches us to point fingers. Society teaches us um, what shame and guilt is generally like derived from someone else. And so when you were unpacking that sense of placement and where you were, how did you release your own, your own guiltiness in that experience? Oh gosh. Permission to just follow permission to just follow. Um, I realized that even though what I was experiencing was complete breakdown in my life and I'm alluding to my divorce and like a full 180 in my life purpose and basically life as I knew it in the only way that I had experienced it before. I was like, what did I do to deserve this? Right. This victim consciousness conversation came up and through my healing, I realized, okay, well, actually what a gift this is. And I've only ever been divinely guided and God used these things in my life to reveal himself to me. And that's why I say, you know, no wonder prayer brings you to your knees because these experiences brought me to them. Wow. It's incredibly powerful. And I think so many women find themselves in similar scenarios. I didn't actually ever get divorced, but those were the words and conversation that were happening within our marriage because of the similar understanding of like, am I even happy? I don't even think I chose this life, but here I am choosing this life. And it felt like the checkboxes. It felt like the perfectionism. It felt like the masked experiences and expression of this is just what you're supposed to do. It's the expectation of well, when you do this, you do this and then this and then this and then this. And it's this timeline of events that I think a lot of people and we're blessed in the fact that we had, I call it a quarter life crisis. 
right? Like we had this happen when we're really young versus a lot of people I've bearing witness to them being in their mid fifties. And they're finally in that recognition because their kids have taken priority. Their spouse's careers have taken priority. The financial like lock and bondage of, I can't get out of this situation yes. because I can't afford to. I see that a lot. Talk us through like, where did you get the gut? So to say, I'm out, I've, I've got to do this, not for just me, but for the betterment of your children. Yeah. Yes, yes. And yes to all of the things <laughs> yes. you just mentioned, especially financial bondage. Um, I was raised in a, in a household that was a traditionalist household, if you will. Mom had side jobs and stayed home. Dad worked and was responsible and in charge of the money. So I learned you need a man to get things in life. And not that I was using my ex-husband by any stretch of the imagination, but it was this idea that the man is in charge and I'm just supposed to default to whatever, right? And he gets to be in control of the money and I am the the weaker link. Like I can't have my own money. And so I, I found myself in that, even in the pursuit of being an entrepreneur, because, you know, I've been at this for quite a while, about a decade, but I've, I've oscillated between going back to corporate, which is what felt safe to me, paid me more money and trying to figure this out on my own. Well, I, I felt that financial bondage. I felt that powerlessness where I wasn't making as much money as he was. I felt like, how can I leave? I don't make my own money. Well, God paved a way for me with the corporate job I was in at the time um, to launch me into a six-figure contract, which was so helpful because it gave me the confidence to at least take that next step. But the thing I've said about my entire journey, and this remains true, is that I've only ever had the next step and that got to be enough. God doesn't reveal the staircase. I don't even know where the steps are leading me. All I do is say yes. Yeah. And it looks illogical, but in order to have illogical results, you have to make illogical decisions. You have to make decisions that are not normal, that are anchored in faith because it requires more of him in co-creation. And that's what I realized I was called to do. So there was no promise of anything on the other side. There was just a knowing that I'm being led here. And that's all that I have in this step alone. That's it. I think that knowing like that conversation of intuition, I was having this multiple times actually on the podcast this week. And it, it sounds like a buzzword, right? Like you just have this premonition of knowing it kind of aligns to purpose. Like I just knew that it was the right next step. Um, but the word literally says that he's a lamp unto our feet. And I love this understanding that like, he's not a spotlight. He doesn't say, Hey, this is where you're going to go head that way. It's actually just the very next step. And that can feel in and of itself really scary. When he called Peter out of the boat, he didn't say, come across the entire ocean and meet me over here. He said, just put your feet out of the boat and let's go on the next step together. And I feel like there is a lot more of a trusting that can transpire with that because one step and you feel like you're drowning again and you lose sight of the next step, but it's the knowing it's one day at a time. It actually reminds me of like the, the 12 step process of, of releasing alcoholism or releasing drug addiction or any addiction, really. I've, I've gone through lots of addictions. And so it's like the one day at a time today, I can promise myself and I can promise God that I'll take that next step. Yeah. And that's all I ever had. And that had to be and got to be enough. Yeah. And I feel like when people think of like worth and value and success, especially as a mom, especially on a day to day, we get to a place where like, I didn't do anything today. 
or did I even make an impact? And we have to recognize that it's every small habitual step day by day that leads to the grandiose of whatever that is. And everyone's versions of that is different. Everyone's visions of that is different. Every you know conversation on success is different. As you've been rebuilding, because it probably felt like a brokenness that occurred. It was a brokenness inside me for sure. So I could speak to yeah. myself. As you've been rebuilding, talk us through how you've helped teach other women to have that sense of empowerment and elevation. I know that's one of your words to elevate with mm-hmm. Carrie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when someone tells me, when a woman tells me, well, I don't think I, I know what I want. I don't, I don't know the next step. I call BS because you actually know, but you're not trusting what you already know. So I am the guide that helps empower and nurture the inner knowing that once was a whisper, right? Because ego separation speaks first, it speaks loudest. The part of us that actually thinks we're separate from God, right? Fear speaks Mm, the loudest. So good. Intuition whispers and Mm. it nudges and it pulls relentlessly. It's the stir within you that doesn't go away. That's how you know you're called to do it. If you listen faster, you receive quicker. That's good. That's so good. It even makes me think of parenting, right? Like if they just listened the first time, you wouldn't actually be in trouble. (laughs) Like it's not a big deal. Just listen and then we're good to go. But it's no different for us. And I am absolutely guilty. And so many people are like, well, God, if you just give me this sign, then I'll do it. Or um, I'm just going to pray one more time. I'm not sure if that's exactly what I heard. But it it really is. It doesn't have to be this like voice from God. Intuition, those small whispers are actually him in and of itself. He doesn't deposit anything void. It's meant to be used. Yeah, that's true union with God, right? That knowing that you are not ever, it's actually in truth, you're you're incapable of being separate from him. And your, your lifeline and your conduit to him is your intuition. And that's why things have always worked out so quickly and easily for me, because the faster I listen, the the deeper I follow, right? Mm-hmm. But it does at times feel like I'm free falling out of an airplane. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I, I'm quick to reframe like, okay, I notice my human self in this moment, but am I really free falling with God? Would he have me jump out of a plane without a parachute? Or am I just flying with him? And that experience feels very similar. Mm, that's so good. And I think there's that parallel too of like entrepreneurship in that. And my husband and I have had this conversation a lot that we're a little weird, like entrepreneurs. We're, we're a little crazy. We're a little off kilter. We're willing to, you know, take the risk. We're willing to perhaps jump out without the, without the parachute. But we're, we're sure at some point someone's going to pass it to us in the process is this knowing that like, our faith and the recognition of entrepreneurial, like that journey, that roller coaster experience, the highs and the lows, and we're willing to do it again tomorrow because we know that there's going to be that sensation of high. I feel like that's like almost the teeter-tottering understanding of today I might get it wrong, but I know that tomorrow there's this, there's that faith piece. I'm sure and promise that there will be a steadfast experience of resilience that's going to take, take place and transpire. The new door will open. Yeah, that's huge. And understanding being an entrepreneur, being a parent, being a human, you know, when we arrive at a place of peace and clarity, I often will have clients be like, I never want to lose this. I'm like, the truth is you can't. There are things that may blind you temporarily or veil your vision or 
create a little bit of chaos and confusion, which we know is of the mind, right? It's egoic if we're confused. If we're trying to think our way rather than feel our way, we have lost our connection to God. And so, well, at least that's the experience we have, right? And um, it's important to know that like, even in peace and clarity, there will also be moments of, you know, constriction and chaos and confusion as well. But if you just sit in it and choose to be in the discomfort and know that you in truth can't really lose yourself, your peace or your clarity, but that you're just having experience in this moment that is something other than that, it will pass quickly. And I've every time I've approached an upper level limit, there there are, you know, self-sabotage thoughts and and doubt and fear want to creep in and take the wheel and drive. And I'm just like, you know what? I see that. I observe that. And I know that this too shall pass because that's not in truth what's happening. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I first learned from you when we were together for the mastermind was you said that concept of like, just come home, like come home Mm -hmm. to yourself. And I think that that is so powerful because that sitting that you're, you're having a conversation about here, that pause, it doesn't happen. And, And I think that's where and how we were led to the place in time where we were at a place of distraction and overwhelm and confusion was because we hadn't, uh, conscientiously often enough taken that pause or found that sense of home because we didn't know what home was. Yeah. And for the viewers that aren't even sure what we're talking about, you know, I'd love to invite them into the conversation and the idea of, of home being within your vessel, in your body, right? In the heart space, that is your, that warm, expansive, open feeling. If you've ever felt that kind of around your heart space, um, just kind of taking a seat and leaning in and settling into the comfort of that place within. And it's a really easy exercise. And I'll have clients that are in this, they'll be in a spiral, right? And, and that's all of us. We've all been there. I've lost my peace. I've lost my clarity. I just want to get back to feeling good again. And I'm like, cool. So if you're open to it, how about we sit and we just arrive home and find you again? And they're like, okay, cool. So I have them close their eyes and we take a breath and I have them look away from their thoughts, right? So they'll close their eyes and it looks like this. And you look down toward your heart center, despite your eyes being closed, because we want to not turn off the thoughts. They'll still rise and fall, but we don't want to Velcro to them and get attached and then we just kind of settle in to the peace and into that space in our in our heart center. And then I'll say, let me know when you feel like you've arrived and you've, you've found yourself. It's like 10 seconds, right? And then we have a laugh because we're like, oh, the human experience. We try to make it <laughs> so painful and suffering. And I'm like, do you see, you can't lose yourself. You can't lose you. You can't run away from yourself. And and there you always are. And you always have the choice to come home in any moment. It took you 10 seconds to arrive. And imagine if we were capable of teaching that and training that to children. Because I think about so often when I was that little version of me, there was never that sense of let's just take a deep breath. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've witnessed the necessity for my own kids to be able to do this because I need to do it way more often than I do. It's like I need I literally need signs to say, Tamara, just breathe, (laughs) just breathe. It's the next breath. It's that next step that's going to get us back into that space of understanding of why are we here and what are we doing in that? But if we're moving without that sense of home, we're all lost souls. We're all abandoned children. We're all homeless. Mm-hmm. And if you look on the exterior of what's happening in the world, 
I think a lot of people are just walking around. I say zombies usually, but they're really just walking around homeless. Outside their bodies. Yeah, which is so sad. And it's so why, it's why we externally source. That's why there's addiction. Yes. People are externally sourcing love through food, alcohol, porn, sex, yes. other people. You know, yes. everything else becomes their source if they don't know how to be home with themselves. Yeah. And and people. Home, I think, because it's something I only have ever attributed to you and the way that you've walked me through that own meditation for myself is love, right? Like home mm-hmm. and love are synonymous. And if you understand what that feels like, then that is also safety. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there was a season of my life, and I would be curious if you felt the same, where I couldn't catch my breath to the point that I didn't know what home was because I had never cultivated that within me. And that was when suicidal ideation came into play. That was when depression and anxiety and addiction were running rampant in my life. And so do you have like a process beyond just the breath of taking people from that footing into this new space of peace, peace, patience, all the above? Yes. So, well, First, I did want to circle back to the a question people can ask their children to get them mm, back. To yeah. Their body. And yeah. a question I ask instead of how is your how is your day or how is school is how does your heart feel? And I ask it two times. The reason is the first response is always fine, right? Because how often <laughs> so are boys? How are you? Yeah. Good, right? I'm good. How are you? We just redirect yeah. it right back instead oh, of really no. How how are you really? Mm-hmm. So I'll say how does your heart feel now? And then like. A little sad. I miss daddy. I'm like, yeah, that's totally natural. So that's just something that can empower people there. So teaching our children at the inception in their busy little minds as they're like integrating and programming and building their paradigm that they're going to act from the space of as an adult. Um, that's so important and so crucial. And in that, it's a question we can ask ourselves as our inner child and as a practice of getting back in our body. So a a practice and a process I take clients through is called body speak, which is based on somatic therapies and meditation work. It's a, it's a blend uh, where we use the information, the energetic information within the consciousness of ourselves to learn, to listen about what's live and present in our body. Um, so this often looks like, you know, is, does it feel like there is a, a block, you know, maybe a tightening of the throat, Or how did you feel in that experience, regardless of what the story is or the characters in it, right? Those are ever only breadcrumbs to our healing. And so we get curious about the the energetic information we discover there. And then we provide the unmet need to perhaps the inner child, to the memory that surfaces, or to the present moment, because you get to be your own source. And the more you can dial in true intimacy into me, I see relationship to self, the more empowered you become to trust yourself, to take confident, um, you know, decision energy that's very quick and responsive. Um, and the more you trust your intuition, which again, as we've, we've said, is your guide and your conduit to God. Oh, it makes me so happy because the conversations that stem around energy and intuition often have uh, that expression of not from God, right? It's mm-hmm. like this spirituality thing that is of the essence and not of anything biblical. Sure. And I am constantly talking with my community about this because I want to break down um, the walls that have been built up by the church in sure. our ability and our gifting and our natural 
connection to God. Like you don't have to go to a source to tell them your condolences or to tell them your regrets or to tell them your sins in order to have that conversation. Like coming home to me is being able to be okay with the dirty laundry, right? Just as much as if the, all the laundry is done that day. When I come home, it doesn't make me like overwhelmed when the laundry's not done. In fact, I'm like, oh man, I'm human, right? Mm -hmm. I, I am I am okay. My kids are safe. I am safe. My marriage is intact. And there wasn't always days like that. But I think it's important for us as Christians who actually understand and are still understanding. I haven't figured it all out by any means. Energy is like wild to me. But I am more and more unpacking and coming to peace with the fact that these are areas of God that we get mm -hmm. to explore. And he's consistently and constantly unveiling to us. Yeah. I, I recently had someone leave a comment on a, a post of mine talking about, you know, intuition and that being the lifeline to God. And they they basically in summation were saying, I love what you're saying, but I can't really get behind a God message. I like wish the best to you. And if anyone is uncomfortable with the term God, I would encourage you to replace the word God with love. And then tell me if you reread the message with the word love in place of God, is there a, something you can't get behind there? My so guess good. is no. And so, so there's good. either love or not love, right? The, and the healing occurs wherever we perceive a misalignment of that love outside of ourselves. And so mm. that's where the energy work really comes into play, right? There's fear and there's love. There's God mm. and there's not. So good. So anything out of alignment is what we release so that we can anchor back into the truth of already what was, right? But then we start to trust it and nourish that. And I think when I like first started the Fit and Faith podcast several years back, and I was thinking through what this word alignment meant to me, I was not in the personal development realm at this point at all. I was just in, I was in the personal development personally, <laughs> but I didn't know like people who spoke about things like this. I didn't know you. I didn't know Mike Zeller. I didn't know any of the people who are in pursuit of this idea of wholeness and integration and alignment. This word was something that I really came to as a revelation as I was unpacking my mental health my physical health and my spiritual health. I was newly, um, as of like three years, really exploring a relationship with God for the first time. I have finally fallen in love with my body from not the lens of any masculine identity or any external like feedback, even of my husband who I knew loved me fully, but I wanted to stand in the mirror fully and understand what I was vesseled for. And then my mental health finally having that sense of clarity and peace. I still find it wild to say out loud that I'm a two-time best-selling author and have three published books and more to come in the next year. It feels surreal and yet exactly where I thought I'd be. When I started this podcasting journey, Fit and Faith was a way to share my story, but I knew it had to be documented differently. In the process of my writing the entire story, I shared just one aspect in a women's devotional book called She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. I talked about my shame story and the testimonies that came from that one chapter was the affirmation I needed to keep pursuing the whole story. The bear all book that released last fall called Always Becoming, Sex, Shame, and Love. Gracie, I know. 
and not what you think you'd probably hear on a Christian podcast, but y'all, we have to start talking about the real things, the real conversations. It's no different than this podcast where we talk about the real things. It's the deep stuff. It's the true stuff that matters. And while talking about business is awesome and what I show up to do on a daily as a kingdom entrepreneur and business coach, it's only a fraction of the story. My second bestseller was released right after this personal development book as a business resource. It's called The Female Entrepreneur's Playbook and features 20 plus women gifting you their blueprints. All three of these books make up the most perfect bundle for the fellow female faith-driven world changer. That's you, I bet. So you can go to my site right now and get signed copies of all three. TamaraAndress.com. Yes, make sure you spell Tamara right. T-A-M-R-A. It's boring and exciting all at the same time because I stand out. TamaraAndress.com. Click on the book and get yours today. Three, all in one bundle. It's going to change your life because, well, it is mine. So let's be world changers together. And so alignment I think cannot happen without the entirety of self. And so talk to us about like your whole body experience and integration uh, into how you serve your clients. Nutrition inclusive. Yeah. So we teach a lot about straddling the paradox, which is I have a body, but I am not my body. So I am not my body looks like uh, I am not... I'm going to use, I'll use the example of art. I'm an artist, right? Your art is the creative expression of your soul, but you are not your art itself. You are creative. Yeah. So if you can be the expression of a soul and realize that this vessel was gifted to you to experience the sensations of life through eyesight and listening and smell and touch and, and like that is the vessel right through through us, not of us. Um, That paradox is probably the hardest work that most people have trouble embodying simply because we are taught to follow everybody else's rules by way of a diet, by way of a plan, by way of a coach, by way of betterment, masked in betterment, of course. You know, I will be happy when I would like to heal this. I would like to be cleansed of that. Um, And it's through, it's through that lens. So it's masked in the betterment only to realize when we reach that finish line, it's sort of anticlimactic because we didn't shift our the way we be. The answer is not in the doing yes. or the pursuit really of anything other than our own heart. And so that paradox is really challenging for most people, but that's what we work really hard on. So whether it be around leadership coaching or, you know, the, the embodiment component of breaking down diet mentality, that's what we really work hard on breaking down those belief systems rewriting body beliefs, omitting labels, letting go of what looks to be an external accomplishment Mm -hmm. and know that there's nowhere and nothing to be achieved. In fact, that's really powerful. And I think from a woman who has like the word skinny labeled over her, or I would like to say fit because I work for my skinny, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's important and imperative for people to recognize that I don't feel in of my body in the t- every single day, right? Like I know when I feel toned, I know when I feel like I have exerted energy that day. I know the days that I have sweat, I feel best. And then I know the days that I don't, I don't. And people will still use my body as the external 
language and how they define me. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in my body and I feel not home. I feel Mm -hmm. not confident. I feel sluggish. I feel all of these things. And I think that there's such power that if we, with our eyes, could close off that lens, close off that gift and understand that it's with our sense of sound, it's with our sense of taste, it's with our sense of connectivity and energy that we can love other people, but that we can also love ourselves. Because I think the mirror, it blinds us so often from the truth of who we are and truly how we can exist every single day in the fullness of what this gift is as a body. And I know that I've had conversations with women on the exterior um, who have an opposite echelon of, I go to the doctor and they call me obese, but this is the skinniest I've ever been, right? Mm -hmm. And they feel broken. They feel like my body is not doing what it's supposed to do because it doesn't look like yours, but I work harder than you do. How do you help women like step and stand without comparison and without judgment towards their self? when they're working towards that betterment of who they are? Well, I would, I've seen this a lot in this industry, working with women for the past decade. Um, Oftentimes it's because they're working so hard that their body is holding on to extra weight. There could be, we release the emotional weight. So the physical weight is released as a result. Like results are inevitable when you're coming from a place of self-love, but we've got to rewire the body beliefs around where motivation's coming from. In other words, are you running the marathon because you love running or are you running the marathon because you're scared of being fat, lazy, not accountable to yourself, fill in the blank, right? So results are inevitable when you come from a place of self-love. Learning to love yourself is eating nourishing foods that energetically feel good in your body. So you're not sluggish. Someone that loves themselves doesn't sit down with a gallon of ice cream. They simply don't. So that's where I think people, there's been a lot of backlash in the body positivity movement where people are like, so you're saying it's okay to be obese and to be unhealthy. And it's, you know, that's not the issue. The issue is you can simultaneously love and accept where you are while also working toward health, self-love, and nourishing motivation from a place of positivity versus fear-based motivation based on external sourcing and results. There's so much freedom in that, right? Like there's so much freedom. I, I was at a conference two weeks ago and experienced freedom in a whole nother level uh, where the lens of everyone looking in, hundreds of people in the audience that I completely like went void to And I was just in my body and in the sound of the music that was playing that I danced. Never done this my entire life. I just started dancing like a little girl on the shoreline, like the ballerina that went to school. Like I just started dancing, had no idea that it was going to happen. No plan for it. No choreography, nothing. And it was short lived. And then I went into like sharing and speaking afterwards. And I talked about freedom. And I had someone approach me afterwards and she came up to me and she was just like, her eyes were huge. And she's just like trying to peer into my soul for an answer. And I'm like, what's, what's up? And she's like, I have never experienced someone so free. How did you do it? And I like sat there like, you know, I, I went blank in every other realm other than home and love. Mm. Right. And so I think if we can embrace that, 
we forget about what everybody else says and you do it, that weight, that emotional weight, as you're saying, when that drops, the other things drop and you get to just stand in the love of the father in the love of your full entire being that then allows other people to see the expression of love. That is only you, whether it's art, whether it's creation, whether it's dancing, whether it's, I don't know, maybe it's marathon running, whatever it be. Um, it allows us not to do it from that place of exercise or doing, as you were saying. Yeah. And this is my favorite thing to see click in women that we work mm. with because suddenly they start showing up everywhere in their life. They write the book that's been on their heart. They start the podcast they've wanted to start for three years. They launch the company, the mission. They start building their legacy. They show up deeper and more intimate and more compassionate and more vulnerable and empathetic in their relationships. They're able to discern, oh, this is them. Here is me. I mean, it it goes on and on the benefits of learning that this, these embodiment practices and the gateway we use is through food and body. But I mean, it really translates in all areas because who doesn't want to be free everywhere? So true. So true. And I do. I think that every time people understand ultimately alignment is what they're understanding. They then show up on purpose yeah. in purpose for purpose because they get there. There's this fresh revelation that one, they want to feel this way all the time. They want to be able to experience home all the time, but additionally, they want other people to experience it. And so that's when I think the truest unlock of comparison that doesn't ever play anymore is, oh, wow, she she gets it, too. Let's team up. Imagine if everyone had that community aspect. And I think it's a hashtag like community over competition, but I don't think it's fully lived out to the way that it could be and should be. And that there would just be this magnetic energy towards wholeness that would allow other people to unlock it because there isn't a sense of competition. Well, I think that's amazing. And, you know, we started this new company this year called Shift with Sanctuary, where we take what we call the 1% woman, the classic overachiever that really, you know, has done all the things, but what we teach her are bigger ways of being. Um, And so we take them to exotic locations and we teach them about leadership, love, legacy, and longevity um, because success gets to be a feeling. You get to be wealthy in every area of your life. And that doesn't just mean money. That means how it feels. That means the fulfillment of your soul's calling. And so I love, I love that, you know, getting to live louder um, and be bigger requires not doing more. And then in truth, there really is no competition there because you're just expressing. And you're doing so without judgment to self and without judgment from others, because at the end of the day, like I am not in the place other than my spouse and my children that I'm really showing up for anyone, right? Like I just get to show up and out of that creation, other people are then touched and able to show up for themselves. I love, I want to come on a sanctuary experience because it looked phenomenal. And I, I, they like rented an entire Island, you all, it was insane (laughs) to witness. And what I love most about it is, you know, from an exterior lens, whether you're looking on social media, whether you're live with us right now, or you watch back on YouTube, one of these clips, you know, there's, there's a snapshot and I'm going to call this beautiful right here, right? There's a snapshot of beauty that you see, and it could perhaps parallel to beauty that you've witnessed on magazines or on TV or in any, I don't know, anything that is commercialized or marketed or 
um, sexualized is another great word. Mm-hmm. And when you see a woman that is aligned, when you see a woman that is fully whole and confident in who she is, not in that cockiness, not in a facade, but this is how she is when she has makeup on. And this is how she is when she doesn't have makeup on. This is how she is when she's on stage. And this is how she is when she's in her PJs on her couch. That is the essence of beauty that I see the women you surround yourself with carry. And that's the magnetism quality that I think is the energetic alignment towards God. Hugely. Yeah. God did not design us to hide. Um, we get to be fully seen. And that that is scary for a lot of people, right? So we get to clear out anything that doesn't feel safe about that. So that they can show up and be fully seen and be fully expressed. Because imagine how much better the world would be if we were able to all live on purpose, in purpose, without being afraid to be seen. Now, is that to say maybe your freedom of dancing didn't trigger somebody? (laughs) Or my power when I am just still doesn't trigger someone? I know that it does, but that's not about me. That's more about them. Mm. And, um, I hold space for them to meet me in that same energy because that's the compassionate thing to do Mm. as a woman, right? The true sisterhood is this silent contract we've signed, which is you playing small Tamara doesn't do me any favors. In fact, I, I'm going to call you out on it. If you were only because your bigness gives me permission to be bigger too. Yes. Oh, so good. And I think, you know, we have to tread that line well, lightly, whatever you want to call it. But I know that as being someone of flesh and understanding that there is not the air of perfectionism, because I lived that life for so long, but more progress that I've not fully come to being like, I know that there are components of self that I want to work better on, that I want to have more enlightenment within that. I want to be more whole within. And I think there's that conversation with can happen with, you can blame it on the enemy. You can blame it on your mind. You can blame it on um, culture, ego, pride, humility. How, when you become this powerhouse, do you manage those thoughts and still live in integrity with the truth that you are not power, but you are powerful. Sure. You are not beauty, but you are beautiful. How do you help yourself? Because I'm sure it's got to be something that is a conversation or maybe it's not. If it isn't, then let me know so I can un- unlock it for myself. Yeah, it's not as it's not a conversation for me anymore. Um, it was a reality. I had the opportunity to choose should I choose and engage and entertain it at one point in time, which I am now no longer available for. I feel fully healed beyond that, but it's not to say, you know, I don't reach upper level limits every time. I mean, we paid a hundred thousand dollars to rent an Island with nobody enrolled and just having a vision. Right. Um, but you know, a couple of things come up around that. The first is none of this is mine. They're not my children. They're gods. This is not my business. It's gods. This is not my body. It's gods. And so uh, it's not to say that I'm giving away radical responsibility. It's just to say that this is not mine to hold on to, to grasp, to try to control, to understand, to logic. And that gives me permission. The other is the truth need no defending. 
And so if I know there is any defense or any confusion, my egoic mind is at play. The truth need no defending. There is only the truth then there that remains and people can do with it what they will. Right. They, we get packages being delivered right now. (laughs) 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 But that's, you know, that's, that's been the thing that has anchored me because there could be the, the image I get, there could be a tornado going on around me, but I am a tree rooted in that. And there I remain, right? So I don't worry about being lifted out of the earth. I am rooted in the earth, despite what appears to be going on around me. And so that authenticity, this person's just going to have to leave it at the front door. I'm I'm all right here. Yeah. That authenticity, again, need no defending because that is truth. Yeah. And I think what you said specifically about what, other people can sense or feel from that, that it's not a matter of what's at play in you, but what's at play in them uh, is almost like that component of allowing people and helping them understand that, like, I want you to stand in the same authority. I want you to stand in the same grace. I want you to stand in the same understanding of who you are fully and entirely. And to see women, and I think that's something that you're really great at, really seeing people, even when they haven't yet seen themselves. And Mm -hmm. I think as a coach or as a supporter, or even as a friend, uh, that's something that's so powerful to have and harness. And I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people do that. And I wonder if that's because they're still in that inner work so much, because I, I know for a while when I was doing the inner work, the deep work, the personal development work before the personal development world, I had a hard time even making eye contact with people, especially men, but also women. How do you suggest like people work through that of being able to stand in that strength, even as they're coming into that self and alignment? It's not going to be easy. There's going to be roller coaster moments. There's going to be moments in time where you question what the hell you are doing. That's normal. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I I felt that way for so long then. And now I'm in a place where I feel aligned in all of those pieces. I feel free in all of those pieces. I understand the magnetism of how that happens. And ultimately it goes back to what you had said at the beginning, when you come home and home is love and we are just conduits, we're actually not introducing anybody to ourselves. It's not about me, right? It's, it's about the you that you see within me that you can actually also become. And so when someone's attracted to me, I'm like, you want what I have and you can have it. It's actually already within you. And, that's and it the thing. rises them. Yes. And that's the thing. When you notice someone projecting and being triggered, it's because somewhere within them, they don't think that's possible. So it doesn't do them any favors to go meet their egoic mind at that level. Instead, it's the loving and compassionate thing to call them forward to rise up with you because that's within them too. Hmm. Well, Carrie, you literally do this every single day and you guys got to hear bits and pieces of her story. She's also in the process of writing her story into a book that will serve the world in a magnificent way. And I can't wait for it to come out, hopefully in 2022. Is there anywhere that you want to drive the audience to tune in and hang out with you? I know Instagram is one of those places. Where can I have them go? Yes. Come find me at, uh, I am Carrie Ford, K-E-R-I-F-O-R-D on Instagram or elevatewithcarrie.com. 
Um, and you can find all the happenings and juiciness happening over there. Well, this will not be the last time we're together again. So thank you so much for being here. Thank I honor you. you so much. I'm so grateful for how you show up in the world. Thank you, Tamara. So much love. Love you. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fit and faith underscore podcast or me personally at Tamara.Andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the fit and faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.